Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 39 of Journal Talk, the podcast where we talk about the benefits and techniques of journal writing. I'm Nathan Orr, and I have some really neat things to share uh, today about journaling. But before I do, there's something I want to share with you first. Uh, I was going through the archives of my journals and keepsakes earlier this year in my garage and uh, I found this recording. I'd like to play a short piece of this. It's about five minutes long. I want to play this. This um, <laughs> I have to laugh because uh, <laughs> people have asked me, why did I start this podcast? Uh, and I thought I knew the answer. You know, I thought, well, you know, the, 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 the answer that the top of my head, I want to help people as much as I can to learn how to reach into themselves and and find the answers that they're seeking, uh, you know, passion, clarity, purpose, all that comes to mind. But <laughs> when I when I listen to this, I get a completely different perspective about why I started this podcast. Have a listen. There's so many things I would want to say about this, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to journaling. Listen to this. Today is the 25th of September, 1973. Nate, you better turn around and eat your dinner. If you don't eat your dinner, you don't get to talk in the tape recorder. But if you make all gone, you get to read your book into the tape recorder. And the name of Nate's book is My First Golden Dictionary. And it's got all sorts of words in it, like fish, numbers, boat, apple. See, on the front page here, there's a, an Indian, a crayon, a rooster, an apple, a boat, numbers, a fly, and a fish. And I figure that Nate can get at least half of them. And we'll go through the pages and see what he can do. Okay. Nate made all gone on his dinner. Did you make all gone, Nate? Uh-huh. What'd you have for dinner? I was having some ice cake. Cake? Did uh-huh. you Did you eat your soup? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, what's that? Apple. And what's that? Boat. And what's that? Fatinga. That's the numbers. Numbers. And what about that? What about that? Oh, what's that? Hey, what do you fish. say, Nate? What do you say? When you went boom. What do you say? Mm-hmm. What? Okay. What's that? Hold the microphone closer to your mouth. Okay, that's good. What's that? Hmm. That's what I mean. 
Yeah, that's the Indian man. The Indian man, the square. That's right. And what's that? Kitty. Yeah. Okay, let's read the. the... Chicken goes cock a doodle doo. Hold the microphone up to your mouth. Oopla. Oopla. When you talk, you see your needle move. Watch. Talk. Be good. See your needle move? Now, see when daddy talks, daddy's needle moves. <laughs> With talking the microphone and the needle move. And, and talk talking microphone. Talk microphone. And talking microphone. Yeah, go ahead, talk. Talk loud, the needle goes all the way over. I'll get all the See it? Talk in the microphone and watch your needle. Be yeah, that's it. Talk more. Talk loud. There. Okay, see it? You try to get it right up here, buddy. Right about on the red line. That red line. Okay. Oh, oh not yeah. too much. Not not all the way over. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. That's how you talk. Folks, I want to explain what we're Don't doing. Say Nathan and I are here. Nathan and I are here. And. And he's two and a half years uh, old. I turn after so whole. Probably repeat every word I say. And my sneeze. And this is the 30th or the 31st, I'm not sure. Uh, September 1973. What I was doing was explaining to Nate at where to hold the microphone and how loud to talk. Such that the recording where was seen on the VU meter will be right. But I've, it's taken me a second. I've been working on Genie for three years. And this is about the first attempt at Nate. I think Genie's got it down now. I expect to see two and a half in about a year. He'll be able to make his own recording. Yeah. Well, now that I've explained to everybody what's going on, Nate, what do you want to talk about? Want to talk about your bunny rabbit? <laughs> wow wow yeah let's talk about my bunny rabbit um <laughs> that is quite a flashback in time i have to tell you i have no memory of that of those recordings whatsoever i i know that my dad has always been into gadgets and new technology um, all throughout my life, he has taught me to stay ahead of the curve. I was the one who had the first gigantic Osborne computer uh, in high school before anybody had a home computer. He was already teaching people how to use them. And this sounds like exactly something my dad would do. Sit down with me, have a little training session, uh, at the same time having fun and helping me get comfortable uh, with the next wave of technology. Man, talk about a man ahead of his time. My dad was capturing life's precious moments through technology all the way back in 1973 when I was just two and a half years old. I can't believe. And, you know, by the way, I want to mention that the recording that you heard was not recorded on those one, on, on one of those handheld 
cassette tape machines. Are you, are those even around anymore? I don't know. That that's what I had uh, for most of my growing up years was the handheld cassette tapes. Those little, uh, you know, about the size of a a card deck. You know, a deck of cards. I I don't even see those anymore. The cars that that have uh, stereos built in. You know, they don't even have a place to put your cassette anymore. This was not recorded on one of those. This was recorded. You could, if you listen closely, you can hear. Uh, it was recorded using one of those giant reel-to-reel tape machines, where the tape is as thick as a measuring tape, <laughs> and it goes through this contraption and it spins on a giant wheel like one of those old-fashioned movie projectors that they used in in movie houses. And um, I mean, home video cassette cameras had not even become popular yet I th- i'm sure they were invented um they were they've been around since the 1960s i'm sure but uh the home video cassette cameras didn't start coming out really into the modern home until 1975 um and i want to talk about this a little bit on today's episode of journal talk and it will come back around to to journaling i promise um but what is the value I want to talk about what's the value of having a recording like this. Is there any value? These sounds paint a picture of a moment in time of my family history. And this recording has survived over 40 years. And uh, it's been transmitted now from reel to reel. And then when I found it, it, uh, it was on cassette. Uh, my dad transferred it to a cassette tape. And now um, I got it and I've I've uploaded it to an MP3 file and now it's sitting on my home computer hard drive. And I can easily send a copy, which I've done, back to my dad and my mom and my sisters. My nieces and nephews can all hear it and they can share it now with whoever whomever they want because it's in in an updated format uh, in MP3. Now, if this recording were still trapped today, if I went into my garage and found the original reel-to-reel, I don't think I'd even pay it any attention. I, I wouldn't have given it the time of day. If I if I had the time and the energy and the inkling and perhaps the money, I might take it down to some sound studio uh, and have it transferred to a disc. I would wonder what this is, what's on it, what could it be? But chances are, if I just found a giant reel-to-reel, I would say, you know, I don't even have the machine to play this on. I would have tossed it out and forgot about it. And there's a big part of me that feels so glad that my dad thought to, first of all, capture these moments in the first place, but then uh, he thought to upgrade them to cassette. And I'm wondering why. Why am I so glad about that? Why? What? What? What do I like so much about having this recording? Would you feel the same way if you had a recording of you at two and a half years old? And what's the value in having these recordings? I've got hours of these tapes, okay? What are they useful for? So I made a little list. What what are they useful for? Um, first of all, just the obvious nostalgia, you know, memory lane. It's sort of fun um, going back in time. Uh, listening to what how I sounded, um, uh, uh, you could even hear 
there's some entertainment in hearing how my dad was treating me and and you can hear it very faintly you can hear my mom in the background and it gives a little glimpse of their relationship and it's, there's entertainment in in hearing how this family dynamics uh uh were um getting a slice of what life was like back then getting a sense of uh who my mom was the shy helpful quiet person in the background um understanding the relationship uh you know and and it was interesting when i listen to this recording now i'm not even relating to little nate you know the baby i'm relating to my dad and how excited he is to have a son and how earnestly he's trying to uh, teach this little one you know to get a head start in life and to be everything that he can be and i'm i'm he's going to be making his own recordings and you know he's just you know you could hear that he's got this excitement this enthusiasm to share and to grow uh this little one um listening to this helps me understand myself a little bit better there is some aspect some value into uh, in that way, that I'm really get I I see myself and I get to understand myself a little bit better. Um, another piece of value is um, I'm realizing that there's no coincidence whatsoever that here I am making a podcast, talking into a microphone every single week, and certainly looking at the sound levels. Um, <laughs> uh, there's definitely value in keeping these recordings for me. And maybe for my immediate family, but then I start thinking about on a little bit bigger picture, a little bit bigger level. I wonder if there's any value beyond just for me. Is there any value to society? Is there any value in this recording or these types of recordings for future generations? Is it worth saving it on my computer for another 40 years? Is it worth it? I mean, now that I got the entertainment and the nostalgia, and now that I got that great insight about who I am and my family, is it worth it to keep it for another 40 years and perhaps needing to upgrade it again? What if, what if there's newer technology that comes out? Think about this for a moment. What if in just a few years from now, we get a microprocessor, brand new microprocessor, it's 10 times smaller uh, than an earplug, and you can attach it very comfortably right into your ear and it will play sounds and music directly into your brain and the files that you load onto this device uh, they need to be in a special cochlear format we'll call it <laughs> uh, it needs to be compatible with the cochlear uh, the, the cochlea the the part of your ear um, that that fits right in next to the eardrum right by the brain um, and and the processor can't read my mp3 files i'm going to have to upgrade the mp3 recordings to that new technology is it worth it is it worth it for me to save these files in that format uh, if that becomes especially what if mp3 files start to become obsolete in three or four years and what if this new cochlear format becomes the new most popular format for audio files these are you know these are interesting questions and i don't think that they're too far-fetched to be relevant i think these are relevant questions for today this could be a real dilemma a true thing in just a short time and different people may come up with different answers and that's all 
uh, fine. I, I'm sure I don't have the uh, one perfect answer to all this, but uh, something in me tells me that I would definitely want these files to be upgraded. These these would be some of the files I would want to make sure get upgraded into the next uh, generation of technology. And it's not just so that I can enjoy them. It's there's something in me tells me that there I want these to be widely accessible somehow to someone in the future. And something tells me that these precious moments, uh, the older that they, they get, the more interesting and perhaps maybe the more valuable they become. Do you, what do you think? <laughs> do you agree? Am I crazy? I'm wondering why do I think this? Why do, why do I think this? And I, I, I look back at, you know, when I was a kid and I used to watch television programs like The Waltons. Does anybody remember The Waltons? Little John Boy. Good night, John Boy. I, I, I don't remember too much of the story. I remember it's a big house with a lot of people set in, uh, very, very rural, um, America, uh, you know, flatlands and, and farmland and, and little house on the prairie, you know, the, the first travelers to come out west and settle in California. Um, that was a big show for me because I grew up in Simi Valley where it was, where it was, it was filmed. That show was filmed in Simi Valley, California. Uh, or maybe you relate to shows like Downton Abbey, you know, in the, in the early 1900s, uh, a wealthy British uh, society, uh, uh, you know, with with all the politics and, and all of that. The, all these shows um, are interesting for entertainment, for sure. You know, or maybe, maybe you can think of some movies, uh, period pieces in the movies in the past. And yes, they do have entertainment value. Um, but they also portray an interesting slice of human life and human values from a time that nobody alive today can tell us about. Um, you know, people are, you know, that the, the stories that came from there, the values, the, uh, the way people um, thought and dressed and acted and behaved. Uh, when we get farther and farther away from it, we tend to think people in the 1800s were barbaric but they weren't. <laughs> they were rational, civilized people in just a different way. They had what they had, uh, you know, their society was uh, different and they had different um, uh, cultural norms. Um, so anyway, I'm going to bring this back around to journal writing because I think the same thing is true about journal writing. And I realize not everybody feels this way. And I I know that a lot of people write things just to have it written down. Like, for, and for me, I want you to know I'm in, I'm this way too. That when I'm in the moment and I'm writing about some tough issue or I am frustrated with something, I'm writing out my frustration and I'm explaining why or I'm digging into my emotions and I'm venting. Um, I, I, I just want it to have it written down. I'm not thinking about having it read later. I'm not even really thinking about that. Um, but when I'm done with it and I've saved it for a few years and I go back and I look at it and I read those frustrations, I'm so glad that I saved them. And it was more important to write it in the moment without having any sense of audience 
But years later, when I pull it back out, wow, what an interesting tale. Uh, what an interesting piece of agony and frustration. And you can see the, the, the values and the, and the morals. Uh, you, there's, there's insight into what, what makes me tick. What, what's so important in my world? Uh, what do I consider valuable? What am I striving for? What do I, what do I care about? All of those things are in my writings. And I think they become more valuable as time goes on. And I still go back and, uh, not often, but I go back and read them and I would love for them to be read. And this is why I've decided to upgrade all of my writings. So I've taken all of my all of my uh, handwritten journal notebooks. I've got boxes and boxes and boxes. Uh, I I have gone through and I've counted almost 200 individual notebooks of varying sizes. Some are the big, wide, three-ring binder uh, style with just shoved with lots of different things. Some of them are the spiral-bound three-subject notebooks. Uh, some of them are small little composition books or even smaller little uh, diary sized, you know, uh, calendar size. Um, I took them all and I got them converted into a PDF format because PDF uh, is the most widely acceptable form right now of digital files. Just about any computer, anywhere, telephone, you know, like a smartphone, a tablet, any any computer technology pretty much can open up a PDF. So I converted it all to a PDF file. It was not a it was not a cheap exercise. Uh, it did it did require uh, a lot. And I have I've created um, a whole series of podcasts on the uh, on the Easy Journaling site. Um, uh, that I'll be releasing, going through all the different uh, aspects of it, from the emotional part of, you know, letting go of these to, you know, have somebody uh, scan them for me, um, to the peace that I feel now, the peace of having those all uh, in a format that I know will survive. And I don't know what that is about me that I would want them to survive, uh, right now, today, I don't even have any children to pass them on to. I think the next place that they would be passed along to would probably be my nieces and nephews. I have nine nieces and nephews, and uh, I'll pass them along uh, to, to them. Uh, but, you know, I'm not worried too much about where they go. I just feel a sense of relief or a sense of peace that they're out there, and it has caused me to think about my my journals today and do I want to go through that whole exercise again or can I shortcut this and start typing my journals uh, so I want to talk a little bit about modern journaling and typing up journals in electronic format and the 30-day digital journaling challenge that I took on for myself and I'm offering out uh, to everyone else so we'll take a quick break here, and when I come back, I'll tell you about the 30-day digital journaling challenge and what it is and why I started it. We'll have fun with that. Be right back. You're listening to Journal Talk. 
podcast featuring techniques, inspiration, and expert interviews for journal writing. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach Nathan directly through email at nathan at easyjournaling.com. If you have a question for our Journal Talk Q&A session, please leave a voice message on the Journal Talk listener hotline at 1-805-751-6280. We'll send you a thank you gift if we feature your question on an episode of Journal Talk Q&A. Thanks for sharing your voice. And now, back to more Journal Talk. Welcome back to Journal Talk. My name is Nathan Oren. This is the podcast where we talk about the benefits and techniques of journal writing. And I was sharing in this podcast about modern journaling, upgrading journaling to the newest level of technology. And uh, it, uh, I've been thinking about typing up my journals going forward from now. Instead of doing the handwriting, I would type them and then they'd already be in electronic format and they would be able to pre be preserved uh, for the future. And I've been thinking more and more ab about doing this. And before I go any any further, you know, th this, this recently the, the, the most significant event was when I was pulling all my journals out of my garage and I sort of had this conversation with them or about them in my mind. I had this conversation with my journals about, you know, what's going to happen to these journals? Where are they going? What do I do with them? And before I go any further, I just, I really want everyone to know that even just having this thought that I'm going to be typing instead of, instead of handwriting is a huge, huge leap of change for me. And if you want proof, just go back and listen to any of the Journal Talk episodes from the past. They're all online uh, at www.writeforlife.us slash journal talk. They're there uh, for, from the very beginning. I've got even the very first episode is still posted uh, on my website. The older ones especially, I talk a lot about uh, handwriting. I speak of it very lovingly, and I have always believed that it's a more tangible uh, method. It's more authentic. It's a more authentic form of expression and awareness. Um, but I'm starting to see that maybe there are some really good reasons uh, to give it a try. And one thing my parents taught me, uh, even back when I was two and a half years old, was always give something a try before criticizing it. So I figure if I go for 30 days writing in an electronic journal, keeping all my thoughts and feelings uh, in, in my computer in, a, in an electronic format, that would be a good, uh, fair, decent try. I'll, I'll give, it, give it a try. So um, I've signed up for several of the online journals and I'm giving different ones a try. There's a new one out there called Journal to Health. Uh, there's my long-standing favorite, which is uh, Life Journal Online. I even bought uh, Day One. I have my friend uh, Bakari Shivanu speaks uh, volumes about how wonderful Day One, and I've created like uh, uh, like the uh, free accounts, you know, at different places. And I'm, I'm trying them all out, and I'm seeing which ones uh, I like the most. There are definitely some obvious advantages. Uh, to doing electronic journal writing. The first is that I get a lot, I seem to get a lot more information documented. 
Um, it's also easy to search. I'm sure that's going to become more important down the road if I'm looking for something and I want to find keywords. Um, if you're a blogger, uh, you get to reuse your material. You know, if you want to pull something, a thought, uh, an idea, and you had expressed it so well in your journal, it's a great way to go back and kind of capture those paragraphs and rewrite them for uh, for your blog. Uh, it's a big time saver to have it already typed up. Um, and uh, there's all kinds of other advantages. And, you know, because I'm at my computer so much of the day, it's really convenient for me to have a little prompt show up in the top right hand corner of my screen asking me what's been the best part of your day so far you know that that's one of the features of day one so it seems like i can tap in my thoughts uh, for a few sentences and get back to work and it seems like i'm spending a little bit more time with my journal so those those are some of the advantages and I do have a journaling exercise for everybody today. I'm going to ask you, if you haven't already, go and sign up for the free 30-day digital journaling challenge. Uh, and I'll tell you more about that. Um, but before I go into that, I wanted to debunk a few of the myths that people have about digital journaling. Uh, and this is from my own experience, a die-hard paper pen guy. <laughs> I have uh, three myths about digital journaling uh, that I'd like to I'd like to uh, debunk. One is that you know people say, and I used to say that it's slower. It takes longer to get my thoughts out. And uh, one reason that people have said that is that they're not as good at typing as they are handwriting. But you know. This is just a matter of practice. I mean, just the way we learned how to handwrite, it took a long time to begin with. Uh, it's going to take some time learning how to type and tap your thoughts. Um, other people, like for me, I felt like I was slower at it because I wanted to edit what I was writing. When I'm at the computer, I'm somehow I'm in edit mode, and as I'm watching the 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 mistakes I'm making on the screen, I want to use the backspace key and and edit. And that's kind of not what journaling is all about. You don't really want all the ways to edit your words. You just want to uh, let it flow and let it come. And mistakes and punctuation marks and capitalization and spelling, just let them out. It's okay. In fact, sometimes more of the uh, raw material, the subconscious thoughts, the, the Freudian slips, as they say, uh, may come out. And I think that's just a matter of practice, you know, um, uh, going slower because uh, you want to edit, you could just stop editing. You can look away from the screen, for example, and not pay attention uh, to the words. Um, you know, slower is not even necessarily a bad thing. A lot of people tell me, especially folks who have tried writing with the non-dominant hand. Uh, they say that it takes longer to write the words, but they enjoy that because they're actually able to process the words a little better. They're going slow actually helps them. It's more of a meditative and a rhythmic, um, uh, a very intentional exercise to write slower. So Writing slower is just a myth about journal writing, or digital journaling. It doesn't have to. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything bad. Uh, the other myth people say, and I used to say, is that it's really it's kind of cold. You know, writing into a computer, it's unfeeling. 
there's a, almost a disconnect there with the emotions. Uh, people have said, I feel like I'm sharing myself with a cold, hard machine, and it's not the same as the warmth of a paper and pencil or paper and, paper and pen. Um, and I'm sure that it felt that way when you first learned how to use a pen, too. I mean, it was clumsy. I mean, think of the people who um, use chopsticks, for example. Uh, it took me a long time to learn how to use those chopsticks to eat my food, and it felt very clumsy. It felt very unnatural. But when you finally get the knack of it, there's something that happens. There's a click point where you click and it and it becomes a wonderful and a very authentic experience a very authentic way to eat chinese food and by the way <laughs> another reason i enjoy eating with chopsticks today is because it does help me to slow down and enjoy my food better so with that same analogy i think digital journaling could be the same way it may take a little bit of time to uh, say 30 days for example it may take some time to practice with it and get used to it um, but I think it is a myth that it's cold and unfeeling and distant and unnatural uh, one more myth that people say is you know I don't feel connected to my words you know when I'm sitting at the computer uh, I'm usually at work and you know we've kind of trained ourselves to be in work mode and production mode and unfeeling when we're at the keyboard. But this is a myth. And again, I think it comes back to training and habit. I mean, have you ever written a really amazing, powerful, deep email to a friend of yours? You know, uh, what would you say if, if <laughs> could you imagine somebody saying, I don't want to go through all the trouble of writing this in an email to my friend. I would rather go and I've got my paper and pen right here. I've got stamps and envelopes and I can mail. I could just put this in the mail and have it sent to them right away. Why would I have to go and turn on the computer and fire up the program and turn on my email account and type it all in there? And then I got to fiddle with finding the send button. You never hear people talk about that. We write emails to our friends all the time and some of them are very deep and very emotional so uh, I think that it's okay to feel deeply and passionately while I'm typing it's okay to give my emotions passage to my fingertips and I think it's just a matter of training so having said all of that I, I do believe that there's there's definitely some challenges when it comes to electronic journaling. I'm not going to say that it's all fun and games and, and, and super simple. There are challenges. One, one of the challenges I'm coming across for me is that there seems to be more distractions. So when I'm at the computer, that's where I have a lot of other things that are really cool, like Facebook and, and my email. I can see when an email comes up, you know, and while I'm typing in my journal to see, you know, somebody uh, replied to a post in Facebook or liked something that I shared. Uh, you know, vid YouTube videos will, will pop open. Shopping is right there, you know, Amazon and, and the bookstore and everything where I do my shopping. Um, it's all right there. So I'm really learning. I'm training myself to look away from the screen instead of staring at the words that I'm writing and just feel it. Just feel what I'm writing and allow those feelings to uh, channel themselves to my fingertips. And that that is a that is a conscious 
effort, a challenge that I'm that I'm facing. And there's many more lessons I could share, and I will be sharing. For those of you who want to give digital journaling a try with me, I'm inviting everyone who wants to try it out to join me in the 30-day digital journaling challenge. I'll put the link up on uh, the show notes here for this episode. And it's on my Facebook and it's on my calendar and 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 you'll you'll hear about it. If you can hear this episode of Journal Talk, you probably heard about the 30-day digital journaling challenge. My friend Bakari Shivanu and I, we've put this together. Uh, we've brought together 15 of the most popular journaling writing coaches and journaling therapists around the world. Uh, really, there's people from all over. Uh, we've created a set of writing prompts. They, they've contributed some writing prompts for each day of the 30 days. There's also six sponsors that are the highest ranking journal writing apps. So we've put together these 30 days. Each day is an email, like an email newsletter, that'll have tips, ideas, tools, writing prompts, everything for free to anyone in the world who wants to do it. Uh, just go to www.easyjournaling.com slash 30daychallenge. No spaces, no dashes, nothing like that. Just easyjournaling.com slash 30daychallenge. The 30 is the number three zero. Uh, right now, there's over 400 people from all corners of the globe. Uh, well, the globe is round, so there's no corners, but <laughs> there's from all over the globe, there are 400 people signed up, ready to go. It's going to be fun because in the process of this, we've also made a private Facebook uh, community. There's a Facebook page that we can all post things and we're learning about ourselves and whatever aha moments we have. And uh, we store, we've kind of created this worldwide uh, pen pal page <laughs> on Facebook for everybody who's going through this together. There's no cost to it at all. It's totally free. And I just wanted to provide some inspiration and tools, you know, for people who are curious about making the switch from analog to digital journaling upgrading the the style of journaling so easyjournaling.com slash 30 day challenge again i'll put the link up uh it'll have show notes uh it'll have uh all of the information there uh where you can see the uh, episode uh you'll be able to click to it very easily first you'll get a starter kit and that will have some uh simple steps to get prepared for the 30 days uh, there's some good notes in there and ideas for how to get started and then each day for 30 days you get an email newsletter tips resources and writing prompts from these great great uh, journaling coaches and you know what you don't even have to be a current journal writer to do this so if you're not keeping a journal right now and you'd like to this is also for people who are just starting out you know that that uh, want to learn how to get started with a strong habit in journaling it doesn't have to be that you're trying to migrate or change your process it might be that you're trying to start uh, a strong a consistent uh, journal practice or if you've been stuck in the past and and uh, you want to stay more consistent this is definitely uh, an excuse to uh, to get started on that so join me with with the 30 day digital journaling challenge i'll be so excited to see you on facebook and we'll have a great time learning together about upgrading to a modern style of journaling i'd like to uh, end this episode with one last clip from 40 years ago 
we get to hear about the plans for naming my brother or sister, whatever it might be. It's interesting that back then, parents didn't know whether they were going to have a boy or a girl, or if they were going to have twins. It turned out that I had twins, twin girls, um, and, uh, twin sisters. So uh, it's interesting. They didn't know back then. And I, and I just crack up laughing when I hear all the ways that my dad would try to get my mom to come over and put her voice on the microphone. Uh, that's, that's an interesting uh, part of this too. So enjoy, and I'll see you next time. We have some great uh, episodes of Journal Talk coming up soon. Deborah Ross will be with us talking about your brain on ink, how to rewire your brain using journal writing techniques. Uh, so stay with us for that. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time. Magic Mountain. Do you like Magic Mountain? Uh-huh. Well, what, what happens at Magic Mountain? Is there fun and surprises? Uh-huh. Hey, you know, Mommy doesn't want to talk in the microphone. And you just remember now, how old are you, Nate? Nate, four. Oh, you're not four. You're only two. Nate's two years old. Okay. I think we're going to talk in the microphone. Yeah, but Mommy doesn't want to talk. And when you're 22 years old, and you want to hear how your mother sounded when you were two, and you're listening to this tape, and you won't have the pleasure of hearing what she sounded because she won't get over here and at least say hi. Say a few words. You still won't come, still won't come over, Jeannie? Say Bobby, so dear. You know what? I don't want you to disposition yourself too badly. I don't want you to say it. Huh? I don't want to say it. I told you, I had my, I got my things to do tonight. Alright. What are you doing tonight? Can you talk a little louder, please? Finishing up the laundry, and I gotta sew your pants. Then, in a little while, we've got to get Nate ready for bed. You're five or six months pregnant, aren't you, honey? That's right. Yeah. Nate, can I have a brother or sister? Yeah, do you want a brother or sister, Nate? Sister. You want a sister? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you want her name to be? My sister my tummy. Sister and mommy's tummy? Sure. We'll call her uh, Sister Tum. What about Tammy? Tummy. You like that? Mm-hmm. What about Travis? Travis. That's her brother's name, is Travis. And folks, that's her current plans. Travis for a boy and Tammy for a girl. Whichever it is. Nate, you want to hear your voice? You want me to play it back and you can hear what you sound like? Mm-hmm. Okay, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later, alligator. See you later, alligator. Hoopla. Hoopla. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Right for Life. 
a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Da, da, da.